this is your next step to defeating the narcissist. Learn how to master your boundaries, how to release responsibility for another's emotional response, how to feel the power of your self-sovereignty, free yourself from narcissistic abuse, and draw long-lasting, powerful boundaries. Get your free workshop now at ravenscott.show forward slash free dash workshop. Welcome to the Empath and the Narcissist podcast, where you regain your sparkle back after narcissistic abuse. I am your host, Raven Scott, and I welcome you here to the show. If you are new and are enjoying this podcast, help me help others. Rate and review. Take a screenshot and DM me at Raven Scott Show on Instagram for a free one-on-one coaching consultation to continue to serve this community and provide free information for all of you in need. A heart-led donation will support the production side of this show and cover costs of software and equipment and allow the show to continue to serve the narcissistic abuse survivor community. Head to ravenscott.show forward slash shop to make your donation, either one time, monthly, or yearly, and you choose the amount. I am back here with another powerful episode, and today we're talking about signs your breakup with the narcissist is temporary. If you are stressing out right now because of the divisiveness between you and your family and friends and neighbors, you're not alone. These are trying times. Amid Roe v. Wade, inflation, gun control, and politics causing record stress levels, the American Psychological Association did a poll in March 2022, just recently, and stated that more than 80% of Americans feel stressed out. We are more stressed than ever. Due to the last years of the pandemic, the insurrection, now dealing with shootings and inflation, attacks on minority groups, increasing women's rights taken away from them, and more. You are not alone. I am too. I am stressed out about this and constantly ask, how can we fix this? And it reminds me of the times I was in my mental prison with the narcissist And the mind fog and the confusion and the stress, it drove me into numbing myself with alcohol. This extreme religious right-wing controlling mindset triggers my core wounds in being raised in that very same strict patriarchy religion. How many of you can relate to me? It angers me. It drives a division mentally and energetically between myself and my family, my parents, my siblings, who still all drink the Kool-Aid and celebrating for the overturn of Roe v. Wade. Meanwhile, while a 10-year-old girl is raped and the law prohibited her from getting an abortion, she had to travel to Indiana to get the procedure where it is also banned, but a doctor had the humanity to help her. These times are extremely dark and the flashlight 
is being shown bright on our nation's shadows and underbelly, and it doesn't look good. However, there is hope that in this poll, 80% of us are not okay with this. 80% of us do not agree with the tyrannical evangelical white supremacists. And maybe I'm naive, maybe it's half and half. Half of us are, you know, pro-choice and the other half is pro-life in this 80% of stress. Uh, but I'm going to hope and pray that 80% of us who are stressed out about this are more leaning towards integrity and self-autonomy and having a balance of the government separated from religion. So that also means that 80% of us can vote locally. Don't forget to vote locally and nationally. Those who are of the old patriarchal extreme religious ways out. It is just like when you are at a breaking point in the relationship with a narcissist. You have a moment of clarity and you say, no more. And then you leave. Now this comes to the topic of this podcast today is we must have the resolve to muster our discipline just as we did or do with the narcissist in our lives. This narcissism in our systems is being shown outwardly, boldly. They are being bold, just like our narcissist who said am amazingly shocking things to us in our final arguments, really showing us their true character. That's what's happening with these people in these power positions. And the power is within each of us, just as it is within us to leave our personal toxic situations, to dispel all of these who have shown their true colors out of our systems. And we have the power to push against this tyranny in your personal life. This comes back to the topic that we're talking about today. You may be dealing with this dictatorship in domestic abuse directly in your life. And hearing all of this, what I just mentioned, is extremely triggering. And what is happening in the world is too overwhelming. So you don't even look at the news because it's too stressful. And that's okay. But we do need to make sure we don't bury our heads in the sands. But you need to take care of yourself first, right? So I'm sharing this podcast for you to regain some resolve, to stay away if you have broken up with the narcissist, to gain some resolve and courage to finally say enough is enough and to find a safe place and to leave the narcissist. Or the final option is to draw incredibly powerful boundaries and say, I'm not going to talk about that with you. That is not something that we're going to address. You might not even talk to them at all. And you're only interacting with, let's say you have custody with your child at pick up and drop off. And there's just zero amount of interaction, gray rock all the way. So you can do it. You can do either of those three options. You have the power within you. You know, the average attempt to leave an abusive relationship is seven times. And I personally left for good on my eighth attempt. So I can attest that that is a very normal number. So don't feel guilty if you're just like, I just keep trying to leave and I can't. And I feel so embarrassed. I've already tried to leave four times. Just know that 
there is a very strong hold on your emotions. You are enmeshed. There's codependency occurring there. There is so much intertwined that is, it is harder to leave. You know, they start to blackmail you or the guilt starts to seep in and their manipulative tactics extend beyond when you're with them. They extend to when you leave and you're trying to be your own person. And approximately 75% of women are killed by their abuser. So I don't want you to be part of this number. And pregnancy is now providing a greater risk of domestic violence after these recent abortion bans. So I'm giving you these signs to watch for in yourself that your attempt to leave is temporary and you need to strengthen your resolve. You need to gain the support you need to finally stay clear, to finally draw up that big drawbridge brick wall boundary and to hold fast to them. So number one is you keep an open line of communication with your abuser. That means that if they text you, you're texting back. That means that if you feel weird or you feel start to feel alone and wonder if you should have left or you start to question the argument and try and have a rational conversation with them as to why did we argue about this because typically after those arguments with a narcissist you're baffled uh, and so you start to call or you text or they call and they text trying to resolve it to win you back in so when you have that open line of communication then that leaves the door open for them to manipulate you. And that leaves the door open for you to succumb to your guilt and your shame and to think, oh, well, I made such a big deal about it. It really wasn't that big of a deal. So I'm just going to head on back over to my house and I'm, we're going to try at it again. We're going to try this again. But typically, for me, my experience, that was like within a 24-hour period. My resolve was very very weak to stay away. And I'm sure it's, it's very similar to you. It could be a week, but I feel like a week is quite a long time. You know, they start to feel the more time that goes between their ability to control you and not, the longer the hours tick by, the more resolve you have because you all of a sudden feel so free and so great without them. So I would say the window is 24 to 72 hours. So maybe a great advice to fix this weak, weak link into your resolve is to whomever you've gone to. Is it a place of a family member or a friend? And this is tricky because if your family member also is toxic, they're not really looking out for you. So they're not going to be a great accountability partner. So find somebody, a friend, start going to therapy right away, which we'll cover later on, to be able to find ways to stop that communication. So, you know, there's this great technology on your phone where you can block a number and don't worry, you can unblock it. So if you're feeling intense amount of anxiety over blocking their number, it's a mental monster you and your abuser has created within your mind to fear blocking them, to fear not talking to them. So have your friend hold you accountable. Have your friend take your phone and have them physically block their number and put a timer on it for yourself and block them for one week. I know it seems like a really long time, but it's really not in the grand scheme of things because a healthy partner who loves you 
and wants to find healthy resolve will be able to handle living without you for one week. We'll be able to see the light that you as a couple together need to go to therapy after you haven't talked to them for a week. And before you hit block, I think it's important to take responsibility and not ghost them because then that really triggers their extremely insecure ego, which is why they're abusing in the first place. Is And again, you can have the friend draft it if it's too difficult for you and you're literally having body anxiety and like heart palpitations and you're shaking and you, you can't do it. Have a friend or a healthy family member help you. So you need to take responsibility and say, when we had this argument that I needed to leave over, when you said this, that made me feel very hurt and unloved. And I need some time to think and process it you know, give me whatever your time window is, you're going to block it. Give me one week for me to, to process and for me to give me space for this amount of time. Thank you. And that's it. And then you send it and then immediately block so you don't see their response because that's going to be an open window for them to start convincing you to come back and manipulate the situation. Okay. So this is another really great reason to have the phone in someone else's hand that's not you to help you with this because then immediately they'll go into the contact hit block and like I said it's okay if you feel like you need this person in your life you're going to feel that in the moment when you're blocking you're going to feel like your arm has been amputated your heart has been cut open you can always unblock them but do not unblock them until you have that same friend with you and the time has passed when you've set the boundary for yourself. So if it be 72 hours to one week. Okay, huge, huge, huge step. That really is step number one. That is the way that they get you back in. Because if I had not called and texted him and said, hey, like, I'm, I really miss you. Like, can't we just work this out? If I had not said that, I would have been done and broken up with him the first chance that I had way back in my early 20s, right? Like 21. And I wouldn't have wasted and, and married and gone through all of the heartache and abuse that therefore followed. So, hey, if you can do that, you are beating this statistic. You are excelling and you're thriving. The attention and adoration that is poured onto the empath by the narcissist is like a monsoon in a desert. And it feels so good because they've been parched and neglected for so long. This is just one of the many powerful messages from my book, The Empath and the Narcissist, How to Overcome Narcissistic Abuse, Recover from PTSD, Codependency, and Gaslighting Manipulation, a guide to heal childhood trauma with effective exercises. This book contains 20 plus healing resources, guided meditation, exercises, and journal prompts for healing, human design, and astrology concepts. Buy your copy on Amazon today. Number two, you will feel deep separation, anxiety, and miss them. Yes, and you feel it, you will feel it. And so this is another thing of why you need to block the number. This feeling that you have is a symptom that you are enmeshed with this person, that you do not have a healthy attachment. This feeling that you can't go on without them 
is a signal to you that you need to pause and say, whoa, like, uh, this is unhealthy. I should be able to, you know, be with somebody in a healthy realm and leave them, not be with them for, let's say, you know, there are lots of couples who have, you know, take business trips, they travel separately. There are even some arrangements where you live separately, but you're together. Like having your healthy self-preservation, like your self-autonomy space, your independence is really, really crucial and healthy. So if you feel like you can't breathe without them, you can't live without them in the room or the house with you, then this is why you'll go back. And this is why you need to really invest in your self-identity, your self-worth to boost it. Because if you're there and you're feeling that, then your self-worth is wrapped up into this person, something that's on the outside of you. And in the meter of zero to 100, your self-worth is ranging between zero and 10, which is not good. That's 10%. You need your self-worth at least at 50% for you to have any courage or resolve to not put up with the abuse. So as you're feeling this deep separation, anxiety, depression, like huge immense of like panic attacks, this is a time to start going to therapy. This is a time to start speaking to a professional coach about this and to help you improve and invest in yourself. And then all of your self-worth and your self, you know, development work I stopped asking other people to be the reason for me feeling better and I decided that I could be the reason for me feeling better. And in that decision, I found ultimate freedom. Abraham Hicks is where you need to start. To start listening to to self-development books, my book, Empath and the Narcissist, will be publishing on Audible in September. So look forward to that. Take a look. And also the book is republished with its brand new cover, reorganized. So in your Kindle, if you have that, you can click the subtitles in each chapter and go directly to these exercises that I'm mentioning. You have all these amazing self-development geniuses, right? You can even start investigating into stoicism. Look into Brene Brown, Ryan Holiday, Danielle Laporte, Gabby Bernstein, Jensen Chero, and the list goes on. Start listening to podcasts just as you already started. You need to do to strengthen your self-love for yourself and to bolster your self-care. So those are all available for you in the book, step-by-step. And this really will help you detach. You learn what codependency is. Maybe you don't know what that is, and I'm the first one to say, You are codependent when you have intense separation anxiety. I remember I had no idea what I was feeling. I didn't know what codependency was until my therapist introduced it to me. Number three, your breakup is temporary if you feel guilty about the argument that instigated you to leave. Yeah, I know. It's a hard one to swallow. There was a real reason that you said enough was enough. But it's very calculated that the narcissist has done this and groomed you to feel guilty about every argument. You have taken the blame for everything for so long that it is now 
part of your habit. You formed a habit and only takes 28 days. So if you've been with this narcissist for six months, nine months, a year beyond, it's a habit already. It's a habit for you to, to feel guilty and to take the blame for the arguments and for their offenses, for any of the fault. You take full responsibility. That is a huge sign if you're starting to feel guilty that you need to have that number blocked. <laughs> Go back to point number one. Huge, huge sign. So have that resolve because your resolve is quickly eroding because you're going to talk yourself in your brain into a cycle of, well, I did this and I triggered him or her, her to be mad. And, oh, I feel really guilty that that argument went so far. It was so silly. Well, it only went so far because that's the narcissist game. They take small offenses and they blow them out of proportion. Number four, their silent treatment makes you squirm. Now, in some cases, there'll be a point down below where you get multiple text messages. Other cases where there's silent treatment because they have the upper hand. They, they just, whatever makes you tick is what they use. So for in this instance, if you have received silent treatment after you've left, because sometimes we think, well, I'm just going to leave and show them. Show them that they're missing out. And yes, that's a bit of manipulation on your part. But I mean, we're not all perfect, right? And it's just, you know, the the lack of emotional skills to be able to resolve a conflict. And typically with a narcissist, you don't have any emotional skills to resolve a conflict with them because they don't even go to therapy, let alone admit anything to be able to resolve a conflict. And it takes a professional to do so and point it out, uh, but they won't go. And so therefore they will never admit it. And so you're dealing with a lost cause sometimes if they're not going to go to therapy. So their silent treatment makes you squirm. Why does it make you squirm? Because you've based your self-worth into the love that they have for you. And you need to have love for yourself within yourself, all by yourself. Imagine you were on an island, you know, stranded, just like Castaway. So imagine yourself as Tom Hanks in Castaway with his little volleyball Wilson. Yes, humans need socialization, but for us to be able to break free from establishing our self-love and self-identity from outside sources and from other people, which typically we've been conditioned to do from childhood with an enmeshed family, a narcissistic parent, or a scapegoat parent, you feel like you have to gain everyone's attention to know that you're worth something, to know that you're loved. And every time that you do that, you will be sorely disappointed. So you need to focus in on your light you have within you. So you're there as a castaway. And let's say you know you're going to be picked up soon, so you're not as anxious as he is, right? We all are individual islands that we need to nurture ourselves, feed ourselves, and invest in our self-care. And then together, each island can form the piece of the puzzle piece to form giant continents. But if we're, we're all a tangled mess on this giant continent and our, our vines are intertwined, when one piece is trying to be chopped off to trim back the vine because it's overtaking this giant piece of rock, then if you're intertwined with everyone and you've linked yourself love and your self-identity in with other people, 
when they're chopped off, you're chopped off. So then that leaves you dead. That leaves you nothing, right? So the whole analogy is to never depend on anyone else to prove that you're worthy. And when you feel this squeamish, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can handle this, breathe, oh, they're not talking to me, I must be a horrible person and they must not love me and I'm a loser. All of those are those automatic negative thoughts that just need to be rewritten. And it can be so simple as to having that growth mindset and all of those that come up, you can just squish them, squish the little ant. No, that is an automatic negative thought that's come from a core wound somewhere. I am valuable. I am strong. I am loved. And you do not need this person who has been abusing you to move on, to live, to survive, to even thrive. Not at all. So their silent treatment, consider it a blessing. And again, if you've done what I've advised, and number one is to block them, of course, you're going to have the silent treatment. So you shouldn't be squirming because you know you had the power to facilitate that silent treatment. So another sign. Number five, this is a tough one, but yes, you do share children. Not everyone has the luxury of having no children or dependents linked in with their narcissist partner. So yes, you share children. You have to share custody. And especially when you are first trying to break up, it's extremely painful and awkward and risky, to be honest, because again, domestic abuse and violence is at play. So again, going to a safe house is probably, is if there's physical violence involved, going to that safe house is key and vital. Be careful on how you search and find the safe house. Take a little trip with your kiddos to the library. Use their public computer to find the address, to find your local domestic violence abuse safe house. If this is a verbal and emotional abuse situation and you've moved out to a family member or friend's house and you are sharing custody with children, I, I would suggest to have a neutral family member or party be involved in the exchange, um, in the coordinating of when the children will see that parent. So if you share children, the main thing to do to keep your resolve from going back to them is the gray rock method, which is essentially withdraw from caring at all about what they say to you. At that exchange, they may try and ask you questions, convince you, and you just need to not answer. You need to put up a really firm boundary and ignore them and tell them that you're, you're not going to talk about this at this time. This is not the time or space. Uh-uh, you know, uh-huh, like not even words, just sounds. And say, you know, just interact with your children and say, okay, I love you, baby. I'll see you at this time. So do not engage with them. Number six, you do not have a permanent safe place to move in. Again, this goes back to if there's domestic violence, go to your local library and find and search resources of where you can stay. There are safe houses for domestic violence, domestic abuse, and you do not have to be hit to be able to contact them. 
Okay, this is the most difficult thing about emotional abuse is that although the court may not recognize it more often than not, these domestic abuse shelters, they know. They know about emotional abuse and they know that emotional abuse leads to physical abuse. So please don't be part of the statistic and go to your local library, search it, use a, a friend's phone, search it and find a place, a safe place to move into. Number seven, the sign that your breakup with the narcissist is temporary is quite the opposite of number four is that they are text bombing you. And that means that you didn't follow the number one rule that I had stated for you to do at the beginning is to block their number, which of course I was guilty. I didn't do that either, you guys. But that's why it took me eight attempts to leave. Your ex text bombs you to win you back. This is a sign that your breakup with a narcissist is going to be temporary because their manipulation is so strong and their charisma and their charm just gets you all mixed up and upside down in your emotions and in your brain. And you'll, you'll forgive them. You know, they'll play against your kind nature. You'll forgive them. And their text bombing kind of makes you feel like it boosts your ego and it makes you feel that they really love you. But what they really don't love is being out of control. What they love is you being a trophy on their shelf not you personally. Someone who really loves you, truly loves you, will respect your boundaries and give you a week. And then when that week is over and they will bring flowers, they'll show up in person, they will apologize, right? These text bombs are not apology bombs. These text bombs are, I don't understand. Why'd you leave? This is so crazy. I really miss you. All the things to pull at your heartstrings. But I guarantee there will be no apology. And if you say, oh, well, Raven, he did apologize. Did he really or she? Did they really apologize? Or is it an apology that you feel, right? So it's now blaming, putting that blame back on you. I'm really sorry. You feel that I did this, but I didn't. That's not an apology. Number eight, you are thinking while in extreme emotions. Obviously, breaking up with someone and moving out is an extreme, extreme emotionally trying time for anybody, healthy or unhealthy relationship. However, what's happening is that you are trying to replay what happened while you're extremely upset and it's frustrating you. It's depressing you. It's not making any sense. And again, your resolve to stay away drops because you want to reach out and say, I just don't understand what, what happened, right? So the best thing to do is really not to think about it. Give yourself that window of time that you drew at the very beginning, step number one, and just focus on yourself. Focus on, okay, what did I do in that situation? And maybe all you can really think of what, what wrong that you did was you got mad and you said something that set them off. Well, that's normal behavior, especially if they've been poking your buttons for so long. So that's really not the root cause of the argument and issue. So now you can say, okay, let me just take some time 
to go for a walk outside, to go have fun with some friends, to, you know, watch whatever TV show I want to watch and enjoy life without them. Guilt-free if you can. Well, you know, it's hard. When you first leave, it's really hard. But I just challenge you to do all of these things guilt-free. Do it with friends. Go out and go dancing. You know, do what, what fills your cup and raises your endorphins. All the healthy ways, right, to move all of these extreme emotions out of your body. And really, you'll start to wonder why you were even upset about leaving in the first place. Because you're really enjoying yourself. And you haven't felt this much joy in a really long time. Or at least you haven't felt joy like that while you were with a narcissist, right? And it gives you resolve to stay out. It gives you clarity that when you're with them, you're at your worst. You are not free. You are not happy. Number nine, this is a sign that your breakup is temporary. You feel like you can solve the problem yourself and you haven't sought professional help for your mental health. And as much as you fight the fact that you are not crazy, because you are not, they have kind of convinced you to believe that you are. So, but even still, you're kind of acting like the narcissist, like, well, I believe I'm kind of crazy because they're saying it, but I'm still not going to get mental help from, from a professional. That's what they do. So lower your pride. Seek professional help, and that is going to give you the resolve and the tools to be able to make this breakup permanent and not temporary. Number 10, when you ponder on what happened, you feel the conflict was normal. This is a huge, huge sign. And it's scary because you think it's normal until you bounce your ideas off of somebody who is healthy, like I said, a professional, a coach, a trusted friend who is healthy, right? Who has some clarity around this topic. And, you know, that's why you go back because you think, oh, well, it really wasn't that bad. Like, that was just silly that we blew that thing out of proportion. And I packed up and left. I'm so silly. And then you go back. But this is, this is what they do. This is their expertise is to normalize the abuse. So again, if you haven't followed all the steps in the previous up above, then yeah, of course, you're going to come to this conclusion that what happened was the conflict was normal and what happened was silly and out of proportion, right? Silly of you. So that is your final sign that you need to find professional help. You need to block their number. You need to do healthy things, invest in yourself, invest in your self-improvement and boost your self-worth. When you do all those things, your breakup from the narcissist will be permanent. You just can't help it because you're healthy and you see how bizarre and unhealthy they are. And you want nothing to do with it. But when you don't do those things and you have that line of communication and manipulation open, you know, you're allowing them to define your self-worth. That's when you think all of this is normal and you go back. And it's okay. It ha- Again, the average attempt to leave an abusive relationship is seven times. So I don't want it to you to beat yourself up about, oh my gosh, I've tried it four or five times. I'm not going to say I want you to wait till the seventh time. I'm just saying you're, you're not weak for doing so. This is part of the game and they have been mastering their mind tricks in order to survive and thrive in the world 
you know, otherwise all of us would not really care to talk to any of them. They wouldn't succeed. They would die out. So, my friends, do all of these things so that your breakup with a narcissist is permanent. If this was beneficial to you, if it supported you, take a screenshot of it and share it with your friends on your social media stories and tag me at Raven Scott Show. I am so looking forward to connecting with you and hearing how this impacted you. I appreciate all of you listening. This has been such an amazing journey as it continues on. This podcast is growing rapidly, and I appreciate all of you for being here and learning and investing in yourselves because you are worthy. You deserve love and freedom. You know, the bigger goal of this show is to dispel the power of the narcissists in our families, in partnerships, and the systems in our world. And in order to do so, this podcast needs to continue to grow and reach others. So make sure you're following and subscribing and rate and review this podcast. When you follow this podcast and subscribe, it'll go straight to your podcast stream every Tuesday and Thursday. I am contemplating changing the cover art based on my new book cover. So if you see the cover changes from red to like a white background with a tree, it's still me. We are still here going strong. And I hope you enjoy the new cover. I think it really brings a lot more of like an elevated, enlightened vibe towards this topic of narcissism, which can be really dark and really depressing. Thank you for being here. And remember, always keep your unique light shining. Swear I won't forget this. Why do I regret this? In my mind, reckless. Thoughts are feeling endless. Sitting up, I'm breathless. Anxiety's infectious. You will either walk inside your story and own it, or stand outside your story and hustle for your worthiness. This is just one of the many powerful statements of Mark V. Smith as a dear colleague, guest on the podcast, and fellow podcaster of his own show, The Process. He is sharing words of perseverance and discipline that help you in your trying situation, push through and succeed in your life's journey. You can listen to our conversation on the Empath and the Narcissist podcast by yours truly, Raven Scott, season three, episode 38. Eliminate your fears and grow to rid your life of the narcissist. Head on over to subscribe to both shows to wherever you listen to The Process and Empath and the Narcissist to regain your sparkle back after narcissist abuse and grow in your self-development process. So defenseless, betrayed and embarrassed I hate being open, I hate being broken I feel like an ocean filled up with emotion Anger ain't a potion, rub it on like lotion I can feel it soaking, reopen, the scars have awoken I can't move on till I let go I feel so lost, never at home Need to be strong, every breath hold Cause I can't move on till I let go I can't move on till I let go